forever. Dog. Something wicked is coming. This week on the podcast, Nalo Hopkinson's The Chaos. Hello, welcome to Teen Creeps. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And I forgot to say what this podcast yeah, is. I noticed that, but I wasn't upset. I forgave you. I feel like we haven't recorded in five years. It does feel like a long time. Why is that? I don't know. Because it. Oh, we did record. But we haven't recorded a Teen Creeps in a couple of weeks. What? Because we didn't record last we week. We didn't record last week. That's why we're. What were we're we doing? Why couldn't today. we record last week? I couldn't finish the book. I didn't have time. Oh, we skipped yeah, a week. We skipped. I forgot about that. Um, but it doesn't feel like that because we've still been recording the Castile. Yes, 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 series. yes, yes, yes. So yes, yes. yes. Uh, so anyway, I forgot to say what the podcast is because I've forgotten apparently just like three years of autopilot. Well, we all get a little rusty sometimes. So anyway, this is a podcast where we talk about why pulp fiction. Welcome. Welcome. And today we are talking about Nalo Hopkinson's The Chaos, or possibly Nalo. Nalo or Nalo, I'm not sure. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Ditto. You know, you'd think we could do a modicum of research. Yeah, <laughs> I always assume, the problem is I assume I know how words are said. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm saying the word, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I don't know that I know. Yeah, um, I'm going to see if maybe I can... Nayla Hopkinson. Dude, she lives and teaches in Riverside. Oh, let's go say hi. That's really cool. Wowee. Oh, I remember seeing that now. Cool. Um, so what did you think of this book? My takeaway is that it was fine. Mm-hmm. And my big overarching criticism, and I truly... This is a very irritatingly common note that executives give in Hollywood. In big, in Tinseltown. In Tinsel, in shiny Tinseltown. Mm -hmm. My note is that the character was not proactive enough. Things just happened to her constantly. Yes. But she didn't go, there was no sort of like hero's journey kind of Joseph Campbell Mm -hmm. arc. She did, I think, I think she learned how to embrace kind of her race. She's mixed race. Mm -hmm. So I think that kind of was something that she like learned how to be okay with who she was. But, but I was confused by that because she didn't learn how to be who she was. She was happy that she, Became blacker, which is cool. Mm-hmm. If you want to be blacker, be blacker. Mm-hmm. But that means that she changed. Also, and she wasn't okay with the way that she already was. I think she also like this is. Uh, I think she also realized that she had prejudices that she didn't know she had. I liked that a lot. Yeah, I, I liked, liked that the themes of the book a lot. Yeah. And I like that, like, people called her out on it, and she was like, ooh, yeah, yikes. Yeah, it really put you in the mind 
<clears throat> my goodness. Oh, my it goodness. It put you in the mind of somebody who is a good person but hasn't been exposed to mm-hmm. much yet, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, the th- a thing that I actually really liked was kind of the, and I think this was something that um, some people had issues with in this book were the like fantastical elements of it. Like Mm -hmm. I was just reading some Goodreads reviews and a lot of people were like, I couldn't, I couldn't tell what was going on. I'm like, bitch, it's called the chaos. It's called the fucking chaos. It's fucking sci-fi. Yeah. There's weird shit going on that I thought was really cool. Like I liked that things that people feared or like, um, imagined or, uh, like sources of, 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 of folklore, became real mm-hmm. and I liked the um you know the witch that was the caretaker of this house that was like a big giant bird that laid eggs like I thought that part was cool I like I thought everything that happened was very fun yeah it was very fun and cool and it reminded me of Douglas Adams it, it was yes. like very hitchhiker's guide to yes. the galaxy kind of nonsense like Alice in Wonderland nonsense yeah which I am on board with yeah yeah. I think if if it had been and this was just my read and maybe other people felt differently. Mm-hmm. Maybe you felt differently. Mm. If what was happening in in Scotch's life was that she was like more comfortable with her like like she wanted to be able to pass for white mm-hmm. and she like rejected like if she liked that people were like, oh, I like that I'm ethnically ambiguous. I like that people can't tell. I like, I'm afraid of my, of my blackness. Mm-hmm. Then I would have understood that story of like yeah. a black tar appearing on her skin and wanting it gone and feeling like she's ugly. But all she wanted the whole book was or she was, you know, calling out racists for being racist, like the white guy who was like, what? How can that be your brother? He's black. You're not black, are you? Wow, I would have thought you were this. You could totally pass for this, which yeah. is awful. Mm-hmm. And she was rightfully calling him out on that. If she had been struggling with that side of herself, then the black tar overtaking her and her wrestling like literally with that problem of mm-hmm. identity mm-hmm. and then her overcoming it and and her skin being darker at the end mm-hmm. i'd have been like oh cool that's beautiful what an allegory mm-hmm. but it was like she was fine with herself i wonder if it's because i think there was kind of the struggle that she was kind of having sometimes were was that um she didn't feel as if she was black enough sometimes. Cause she'd be like, Oh, I don't pass. And like, you know, her, her brother would be like, well, you don't experience the stuff that I experience because like I'm darker than you. And like, yeah. that sucks. And that's not fair. And, um, and maybe she, I'm, this is me really doing some gymnastics here, but mm-hmm. maybe it's that she, um, you know, is like, am I, like, what am I? Am I black? Am I white? I'm mixed. Maybe I'm not black enough. And then at the end, it's like she finds out that 
no, she is black. She is white. She is mixed. She's maybe that's her finding out that she is quote black enough this whole time. But I just wasn't still, getting that sense. I wasn't getting the sense that she was struggling with her identity. She didn't she seem worried like she about was her just identity. like struggling with bullying. She was struggling with bullying and and people which sucks. Yeah, and people slut shaming and mm-hmm. like the unfairness of you know how boys are studs and girls are sluts and that's not fair mm-hmm. and just how mean people can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just don't know how. Yeah, I just wasn't getting an identity crisis. And so her wrestling the, um, I don't know why I can't think of the term, spot. Mm-hmm. What was spot? A oh, rolling calf. Yeah. Her wrestling with the rolling calf that had spit all of the black tar on her mm-hmm. and throwing it into the volcano. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, like... It seemed to be very symbolic, but I was like, but she didn't seem to be struggling with that. She just was struggling with being ugly. Yeah. And also, Um, well, she was also struggling with, because remember the conversation she has at the end with her brother and how he's like, hey, like, I forgive you. Like you. Yeah. She ratted him out to their parents. So I think maybe that's her guilt. Like, I think the rolling calf is like her own. Yeah, maybe it was meant that. to be the guilt. But then, like, I'm just confused about the her being blacker. Yeah, I didn't get that After the fact. I mean, maybe if it had been... Yeah, if it was, like, she feared the blemishes specifically because they were, like, darker mm-hmm. than her skin... <laughs> excuse me, skin tone. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like she just, uh, that wasn't it at all. She seemed completely comfortable in her mixed identity. Maybe it's just, uh, maybe that it that is just serving as the metaphor. And like, you know how like everything in the book, it's like, and I know it's tricky because we don't hear it from her mind, but you know how like, so when the chaos comes, which is like this just chaos, it's just chaos. Um, the way her Aunt Maris puts it, is that everybody's madness is on the outside now. Yeah. So, but the, oh, is there a, is there a summary you could read a back of yeah. the book thing? We both got it on Kindle. Um, 16 year old Scotch struggles to fit in at home. She's the perfect daughter at school. She's provocatively sassy. And thanks to her mixed heritage, she doesn't feel she belongs with the Caribbeans, whites or blacks. And even more troubling lately, her skin is becoming covered in a sticky black substance that can't be removed while trying to cope with this creepiness. She goes out with her brother and he disappears. A mysterious bubble of light just swallows him up and Scotch has no idea how to find him. Soon the chaos that has claimed her brother affects the city at large until it seems like everyone is turning into crazy creatures. Scotch needs to get to the bottom of this supernatural situation. ASAP before the chaos consumes everything she's ever known. And she knows that the black shadowy entity that's begun trailing her every move is probably not going to help. Uh, A blend of fantasy and Caribbean folklore at its heart. This tale is about identity and self-acceptance because only by acknowledging her imperfections can Scotch hope to save her brother. I just didn't get that. I wasn't getting that. That's the story I wanted, but that's not the story I was. Yeah. Like I was reading. I think that there, I got that she was struggling with some kind of guilt, which guilt was for sure. the brother that she, so her brother got sent to jail um, for weed. 
their parents turned him in. And so they're he very was in strict. jail for three months. Also, this takes place in Toronto. Mm-hmm. It takes place in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, her, her brother gets sent to jail for three months and then comes back and uh, she at first is like blaming her parents for being really strict and calling the cops on him, mm-hmm. getting him arrested. Um, but then it turns out later that like her parents had just been yelling at her and things at school had been really, really bad. And uh, because everyone at school was slut shaming her and um, uh, she had told her brother and he kind of like ignored it. And so she was feeling angry and vengeful. And she told her parents like, Hey, he's got weed in his room. And that's why they called the cops. Um, And so that kind of becomes revealed later where she's like, I was the one who got him sent away. Um, She calls, she attempts to call his cell phone when he's missing and leaves a long message confessing that. Mm -hmm. And in the chaos, he has been like sucked. His being has been like sucked into the phone lines. Yeah. And so he like calls her back and kind of tells her like, look, it's yeah, it sucked that you told on me. But like, you know, I should have listened to you that people at school are being really mean to you and I should have helped you. And he was just he was dismissive of it because he thought that there's no way girls could be as mean as she was saying they were being. Mm -hmm. But really, they would like hold her down and put gum in her hair Mm -hmm. and say horrible things and like to her. ostracize her yeah so she got to move schools and so now she's at this new school mm-hmm. um and she's friends with ben mm-hmm. ben and gloria or glory uh she goes by glory for short and right. i thought it was so funny ben and glory because i was thinking of Buffy yeah a lot. <laughs> i don't i can't believe i didn't think of that <laughs> um yeah, and she's not talking to Glory anymore because she thinks that Glory is moving in on her ex-boyfriend, Tafari, who she broke up with only because she didn't want him finding about finding out about what she's calling the blemishes. Mm-hmm. She's getting more and more of them. Mm-hmm. And, and then she, they go to see her. There's like a very quick reconciliation right before everything happens. With her and Glory. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, and Ben is gay mm-hmm. and, um, that is relevant, uh, later. I'm not just like randomly saying yeah. it. <laughs> it is relevant Um, later. and she goes to see her brother perform some like spoken word mm-hmm. poetry mm-hmm. and this crazy bubble appears. She dares him to touch it. Like this bubble of light, like sending everybody back, moving back in the club. Shares him to touch it. He does. It like pops and swallows everybody. She has a like shared hallucination with a girl she just met named Poonam. Oh, yeah. Poonam. Who is in a wheelchair and... And Scotch is having to deal with her like ableist mentality when it comes to yeah, her own ableist mentality. Yes. Um, and twenty, they have a shared hallucination. They go all around the city trying to figure out what's going on. Crazy nonsense is happening everywhere. Like a woman is sprouting roses from her shoulders and she can't stop sneezing because she's mm. allergic. Like some people are like dissolving into marbles. Like it is nuts. Yeah, it is just rampant, absurdist nonsense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
fantasy. Um, and everything's very fun. At one point, she, uh, yeah, encounters this giant birdhouse that's walking around and stomping on people. Yeah. And it's laying eggs, and the eggs are falling, and the shells are, like, flying around and cutting, like, it cuts scotch on the forehead. Mm-hmm. And then a witch emerges from the house and calms the bird down and, like, kind of threatens Scotch that she's going to make her her slave assistant. Mm-hmm. Like, housekeeper. Yeah. I forgot. She calls it something, like, Russian. Yeah. Um, And, like, she's like, well, I'm going to come and, like, like someday I'm going to come I back. I can find you whenever I want. Yeah. Oh, and she also is like, by the way, my bird eats people. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I want to feed you to the bird. And she's like, whoa, okay, this is weird. I was trying to help you because you're an old lady, but like, I got to go. I the I loved like Scotch having to come to terms with her own ableist and um, like heteronormative mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a part where she's with Poonam because so after the chaos kind of bursts open, everything's kind of wackadoo and everyone's all over the place and people aren't able to find each other, blah, blah, blah. So she and Poonam are together and um, they go to a donut shop and um, Poonam like goes outside to defend this guy from being beat up by the cops. And um, who is also in a wheelchair. He's also in a, like dragged him out of the wheelchair. Yeah, it's really bad. And I think Edwin is very likely laying down on a bag full of papers that mm-hmm. I need to shred. <laughs> mm, that's a very prime spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Poonam like runs out or uh, like goes out after them. And um, what's her name? Scotch is like, uh, oh, or this woman is like, is she going to be okay? Can she go out there by herself? And Scotch is like, what the fuck? And like stands up for her. Uh-huh. She's a grown ass woman. Yeah. yeah. Fuck off. But then when Poonam comes back in, she's like, oh, I'm so proud that I stood up for her. Like, very, like, self-congratulatory. But then, like, turns around and has the exact same fucking attitude. And Poonam is like, okay, well, I'm going to go, like, volunteer at a shelter for Mm -hmm. people who are, like, trying to get their lives together in the midst of all this chaos, which is what they're, like, calling it on the news. Mm -hmm. And... And Scotch is like, what? All by yourself? Mm-hmm. And With like, your wheelchair? Yeah. And Poonam's like, okay. I mean, like, you could like try and help people. And she's like, mm, I have other things I have to do. Okay, I have to find my brother. And then some Poonam's like, fine, whatever. I'm going to go fuck off. Bye. And leaves. And then she's like, ugh. Like in her head, she's like, I... It, if Poonam had only known that I stood up for her like two minutes before that, it's like, like, I love that moment that like, she's such a little snot and yeah, like, she's like very entitled and self-centered and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But then she meets back up with Ben who is now seeing a tiny invisible person following him at everywhere. And he nicknames him junior. Yeah. They do go to the, like disaster shelter and start volunteering and glory is there and glory and Poonam are getting together. Mm-hmm. They have a crush on each other. And that's when Scotch is like, no, but you can't be gay because then I'll be the only normal one among us. Mm-hmm. And they're like, bitch, what did you just say? And she's like, no, not, I didn't mean it like that. And they were like, well, you said it like that. Yeah. And then she's like, ah, 
Shit. Ah, shit. I ate some saran wrap and it tasted delicious. Like I'm going to go. <laughs> so she's really needing plastic mm-hmm. in this new chaos world. But so the, the, the sticky, like, they're like sticky black dots on her skin that are growing. Mm-hmm. And they're growing at an alarming rate now that the chaos is out and about. Like it's, she like can't barely get her boots off because her feet have swollen Mm -hmm. and are stuck in them. And um, so she's like pretty freaked out, but not telling anybody about it. Oh yeah. And at the shelter right after they've gotten mad at her, that's when she sees spot for the first time. Yes. And he drives her out to like chases her and scares her out to a lake. Yeah, I'm not sure which lake. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know Toronto geography. No, me neither. Um, And her aunt Marissa is drowning in the lake mm-hmm. and she helps her out. Oh, yeah. Also, Scotch for a very long time have has been seeing what she terms headless horsemen, horseless headmen. Yeah. So are they just like horses' heads that yeah. float around with no bodies? Yeah, I think they're horses' yeah. heads. And like that was her madness. That and the spots, I believe, are her yeah. madness that then manifest that everyone, like, because other people can yeah. see them now. Yeah. That manifest after the chaos. But like Marissa views them as friendly helpers. <laughs> Which they are. Yeah, to Marissa. Mm-hmm. But not to Scotch because she's afraid of them. It's mm-hmm. so like with Aunt Marissa, everything that's going on works to her advantage because she is like open to it Mm -hmm. and spot listens to her and and says it like i guess she's had this dog this invisible dog that she's always said has been there and and scotch used to pretend that she could see the dog Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden the dog is real and it's like kind of a dog but it's also kind of but it's mostly acting like a cat and a beast yeah it was so cute when it was a little cat. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to stay a little three-legged cat Dude, forever. So cute and little. <laughs> um, like fit in the palm of your yeah, hand. Yeah, like baby Smokey. Aww. So she finds her Aunt Maris, helps her out. Turns out Spot was just trying to get her there to save Maris, maybe. Yeah. And then blah, blah, blah. They're driving around. Oh, God. Spot is getting in a fight with a giant bird. And he's wound. He's mortally wounded the bird. And Aunt Maris is like, "Girl, you're gonna stay with the bird and help it." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Oh, fine." Mm-hmm. And then she calls on the witch, mm-hmm. and the witch because comes. she handles birds. <laughs> yes, and the witch comes, and then the house like observes the bird, which has like just a mortal wound mm-hmm. covered in tar. So then it just burns it. And then it becomes a little baby phoenix. Yeah, it's a phoenix. And it's fucking crazy that Scotch doesn't know what that is to me. Yes. And it's also a little bit crazy that she doesn't then go, I'm going to jump in that fire. Because she already is halfway tar. Well, I get that. She's not a phoenix as far as she knows. Here's what I would have, in that moment, I guess just because we read so much, that like the second that happened, I was like, oh, she's got to jump in the fire. Well, yeah, narratively. Narratively, yes. That's so what's going to happen. Yeah. But obviously, if I were in Scotch's I don't situation, know, I, maybe I don't think I would have gone close to oh, my foot. fire. I would have maybe tried a flame like on my toe. See what happens. Good for you. You're smarter than me. Well, and no, more bright, I maybe. think I'm like 
crazy. I think I'm like bathroom surgery, Kelly. Like it's not, it's not good. Bathroom surgery, Kelly? Bathroom surgery. That's what they call it when you like, like do minor surgeries on yourself in the bathroom. Oh, interesting. (laughs) I've never heard that phrase before. I use it to describe like if I, um, you know, if you like to have to use like some tweezers to like dig something out of your skin. I, I make yeah. sense. Bathroom surgery. I only ever got that because I went to a doctor um, because I had like a spot like on my foot and I had been like picking at it a lot. Mm-hmm. And the doctor was like, okay, we're going to like do a biopsy of it or whatever. And was like, and no more bathroom surgery. And I was like, mm, <laughs> I know what that means. <laughs> That's the perfect term. Mm-hmm. I do understand what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, so she like get, gets away because the Phoenix and the birdhouse are like jiving on each other. Oh yeah. They like really hit it off. Yeah. Um, and Scotch goes to find her aunt, uh, blah, blah, blah. It turns out I, I loved how they <laughs> got to finding out this spot wasn't spot because so spot is her aunt Maris terms it a rolling calf, which is a creature in Jamaican folklore, but it's like not exactly good, but she sort of views it as a protector. Yeah. It's a spirit of a dead person who during their lifetime was wicked or a dishonest person. Um, Rolling calves are always male. They're believed. Oh yeah. Interesting. But I think she calls her female. Uh, yeah. They're old world shapeshifters. Yeah, so Spot can get like huge, huge, huge and then turn into an itty bitty kitty. Yeah, really cute. A cute little kitten. So she, like Spot comes in the house, tiny cute kitten. Um, Aunt Maris is feeding, feeding Spot. And then Scotch is like, it's crazy that I can see Spot now. Mm-hmm. And... And Amaris is like, honestly, same. Yeah. Because I know I've been acting like I could see this dog, but I have not been able to see this dog. She's like, I... I thought it was a dog, and now it turns out it's a cat. Yeah, and she's like, oh. So then how do you know it's Spot? And then Spot, like, kind of jumps on her lap and is being really cute and purring. And Amaris is like, huh. You know, I guess I don't really know that. And then that's when Spot spits black tar on her Mm -hmm. and it starts getting more and more and she runs from it, is then turned completely to tar. Mm -hmm. Bird witch comes upon her again, takes her inside. She forgives her because now the phoenix is like fertilizing birdhouse's eggs. Mm -hmm. So she's going to get more birdhouse. She's like, oh, great. Thumbs up. Eggs for me. Yeah. (laughs) And then Spot comes and which bird witch is like, get my oven and Spot's or, uh, and Scotch is like, ordinarily I wouldn't, but sure. Mm-hmm. Guess in the oven is just like in ash. Well, turns out she's in the volcano. Like right next to the volcano, because guess what? A volcano came out of the lake. And while she's in the oven, she has like a bit of a hallucination 
and is remembering when she was a little girl and her parents were telling her the story of Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Fox. Mm-hmm. And, and about the part where Br'er Fox has created the tar baby. Mm-hmm. Br'er Rabbit gets mad because the tar baby won't say hello to him because he thinks tar baby's real. Mm-hmm. Which always strikes me as funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's like, how fucking dare you not, not say, hello. say hello to me? Yeah. I'm going to fucking punch you. Yeah. And so punch gets stuck. Punch gets stuck. Kick gets stuck. Headbutts get stuck completely. And then Scotch wakes up out of it and is like, whoa, that was weird. How I was remembering that. Now she's on the side of the volcano. Whoa, look, it's Tafari and he's not a ghost because by the way, for a second, Tafari was a ghost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Scotch was like, get out of here, ghost. You're making me sad. And Tafari was like, got it. <laughs> But this is real Tafari. He's stuck in a bubble. Tar Scotch. He's like, whoa, that bubble looks like delicious saran wrap to me. Mm -hmm. Starts eating it. Yeah. Tafari's free from the bubble. Bubble withers and dies. Whoa, look, it's Rich, her brother. Yay. Yay, everybody's happy. Whoa, Spot's here. Uh Uh-oh. Scotch is like, oh, I'm going to punch it like that tar baby. Yeah. And then wrestle it into the volcano. And if I die with it, so be it. Does it? Tar burns off her. She emerges kind of like the phoenix. Everything's fine. Right? Yes. And then she is, uh, her skin is a lot darker. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I hope that it stays this way, but it might not. Mm-hmm. But and she's I'm okay happy with, with it. Yeah. Um, and she also says, what struck me is very sad, which is like, I, I understand it, but it was sad how she's like, Great. And now, honestly, all the boys who were hounding me before, there are fewer of them now that I'm darker. And I was like, yeah, oh, that sucks. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's happy with it. And I get not wanting to be, you know, a, have a target on your back. But what a sad reason not to have as much of a target on your back. Yeah. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um... And that's basically the end of the book. She reconciles with Ben and Glory. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And Glory and... broke up with Glory because she also was too ableist. Yep. Yep. Um, I was actually looking into the... Um, because so when she remembers the story, her dad keeps saying it's Anansi the spider mm-hmm. versus Br'er Rabbit, which is what her mom was telling mm-hmm. the story because her Jamaican mom... version versus... Southern, yeah, American so Southern in the Bahamas, the tar it's the tar baby story. In the West African tale uh, involving Anansi the spider, it is Anansi creates a wooden doll and covers it over with gum and then puts a plate of yams in its lap in order to capture the she fairy Momoatia. She takes the bait, eats the yams, but grows angry when the doll does not respond and strikes it, becoming stuck in the process. But that's not the version that her dad was telling her. No. Because that's um, different. 
That's but different. he was saying Anansi. Oh, in a variant recorded in Jamaica. Yeah, Anansi himself Jamaican, was once not... similarly trapped with a tar baby made by the eldest son of Mrs. Anansi after Anansi pretended to be dead in order to steal her peas. That's right. He was talking about stealing the peas. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're telling basically the same story, but he's saying the Jamaican names. She's saying the American names. Mm-hmm. Um, she's mixed and from America and he's from Jamaican and they've moved to Canada. Oh, right. They moved to Canada. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I guess like, so the story, like I get, I get the whole thing of like the more she runs from something and tries to forget about it, the worse it gets. It's like, I knew what story it was telling. I just didn't think it was telling it enough yeah that makes sense yeah and i do understand that like or honestly not understand my question is like do i have the right to uh, interpret this as a white lady when this is not like a lived experience of mine. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that might be why we're having trouble. Um, but I just didn't, I wasn't getting it being, she was so comfortable in her identity. And if that was a front, it needed to be made clearer by the mm-hmm. narrative. Mm-hmm. And also it didn't like, she was sort of passively looking for her brother. Yeah, she wasn't really she just her kept brother. like, Getting on her cell phone. It did feel... And talking about how she was out of minutes. Very dreamlike. Which yeah. Which I did like. I I liked... I think I liked this book maybe like a 7 out of 10 for me. Yeah. So like a little bit above feeling nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like I enjoyed myself. I liked it. Um, I, I did not... Like, I kind of interpreted it as like all very dreamlike. So... In 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 a way where the everything happening to her thing was a very dreamlike thing, right? Where you're, yeah. where you're like, you know, in dreams, you're not really doing anything. You're just kind of like, oh, I guess I'm here now. And this thing is happening. Yeah, I mean, Alice wasn't doing shit in Alice in Wonderland. No, she's she just anything. going from one thing to the next. No, she's just kind of like, Confused huh? and getting rolled around. Yeah. yeah. So like... I guess, but like she was just like looking for a way out as opposed to with Scotch. It was like, well, she was looking for her brother, but she mm-hmm. was only sort of looking for her brother. Mm-hmm. I think she just kept getting, and I, and I, I again, I uh, attribute this to the dreamlike aspect of it, where she just keeps getting sidetracked from this, like, I need to find my brother stuff mm-hmm. with like, oh man, I got to help my aunt who's drowning. Yeah. Or like, I mean, it was oh. crisis after crisis yeah. for her. Crisis on crisis. Um, so I think like, I wasn't so much bothered that she wasn't really that active because it just, it felt very like, this is going to sound very strange because it is so fantastical, but it felt very just like slice of life. Like it felt very like, we're not going to have a, really a full plot here mm-hmm. we're just gonna have stuff that happens and this character is going to be a little different by the end of mm-hmm. it so i was okay with that uh, the kind of like meandering quality that mm-hmm. her actions had um and i did really like like i liked her kind of like 
experience with being mixed race and like with dealing with like people fetishizing the like what are you type yeah. of thing I did really I thought that rang really true not that my experience is the same to hers but like certain things I was like oh I like there is this kind of fascination that like white to white dudes tend to have with like what ethnicity are you oh yeah that happens my, to me yes all the time where they're like you my whole life where it's like what are you oh what like, what is this like question you are such a unique flower let yeah, me you're peel such a, back the you're such a ethnic beauty like what is this oh you're such an enigma oh my goodness um so that i felt like when that guy's hitting on her in the bar and he's like oh, yeah. oh what ethnicity are you i, I, I thought like, that was good really for good. you yeah and i like that yeah. she was like and you're racist um i liked i loved her confidence i thought she was smart I related to what she was struggling with. Mm -hmm. I think I just, it's like a storytelling preference for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not I get that, yeah. even like a full criticism. Mm -hmm. It's just that like I would have liked a little bit more of a journey as opposed to just being sort of like blown from one crisis to the next. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I thought she was a good character. She was. I liked her. Um, and I loved reading about all the nonsense going on. I loved her. the nonsense. One of the Goodread reviews I was reading was like, I just like, it was so totally random. Like a house that lays eggs. Are you freaking <laughs> kidding me? And I was like, that's crazy. I was like, yeah, it's called the chaos. I don't understand what you're not getting. The other night I, for no reason, just like turned to Mike and went, Y'all ready for bed? Oh, bed. And he jokingly said, Oh my God, that's so random. That's so weird that you did that. You're so weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you do something even slightly out of the norm, oh my God, you're so random. Yes. Yes, I remember like the office like death sentence. Yes, I it is really interesting when you like or if you and I think we've talked about this before. If you're like, I just remember I was with this group of people and I was like, oh, man, I like fell into a weird Wikipedia hole where I like ended, and this was before the true crime craze. So granted, and I was like, oh, and I like fell into a weird hole and was like reading a bunch about John Wayne Gacy right before I went to sleep and like felt really weird. And people were like, why would you do that? And I was like, I don't know, man. I was on the internet. <laughs> just, and they're like, but why? That's so weird. And I was like, okay, well, I guess. All right, well, fuck off. So, Oh, can I tell you? Um, so I don't know if the, if, if the Teen Creeps listeners know, but um, Lindsay knows about there's a makeup artist that I work with who... Um, says so she just like looks like just the sweetest like just normal girl um and she's really sweet and um she like says the strangest things so she was so i was telling Lindsay about this um she was talking to me and she's like oh i met this guy and he's like so i met this guy on set a couple of days ago and he's like so weird he's just been like texting me a lot and like 
I just don't know what to do. He invited he, he invited me to go like meet his dog before it gets put down. And I was like, I'm huh? sorry. <laughs> what? And she's like, I don't know. He's really weird. Like he bought a whip and got arrested for whipping in the park. And I was like, I'm wh- whipping in the and she's like, yeah, anyway, it's just like really weird. So like, are you thinking you want your hair like up or like <laughs> so she'll like do this stuff. So I don't know. Have I taught told you about you this? You have, but I didn't remember the like, do you want to come with me to put my dog to, to put my dog down? And then there was another one where she's like, so we were talking about the videos that you watched that scarred you for life mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. Terrible time for scary videos. Rotten.com, all those. Oh, very bad. And someone mentioned eel soup, which I have not seen. Have you seen it? No, I didn't go through this. Okay. Experience of of scarring videos. I did not watch this video. It was explained to me. Yeah, I don't feel the need to watch it. You can explain it. I'll explain it. it. Yeah. Okay. It involves two women Mm -hmm. in a tub. Sure. With a funnel. Okay. And eels. Wow. But wait. Mm -hmm. They eat the eels. Okay. Right after. They're going in their vaginas. They eat the eels in front of the camera and like... The eels. Isn't that fucking so they've disgusting? Put the eels in their bodies. Inside them. Yes. And then they take the eels back out. The eels shoot out. And then they eat the eels. They eat the eels. On camera. On camera. Going yum yum yum. Yum yum yum. Why? Yeah. Seriously, why? Do these things exist? It's fucked up. So anyway, very disgusting, right? Yes. So someone uh, we're talking about this uh, uh, uh the cast. Uh, of El Rey is talking not on camera we're talking about this in the green room and we're just like dude that's fucking disgusting and she's like she walks up the makeup artist walks up and she's like yeah I watched that when I was in um, middle school and like I think I was scarred for life well so I used to get these really bad night terrors and I'm like uh oh here we go (laughs) and she's like and after I watched that that night I had a night terror that I descended into hell and the voice of Satan spoke to me and said that I had to remain there. And I was like, I can't like, can't. <laughs> like if you got guys, if you saw her, she like looks like, like the sweetest, like, here's the thing. What's your face? Are you still there? Yeah. You might still, you be might there. still be there. This is the third, the ninth circle of hell. But yeah. So I, I really, really love her. I think she's very, <laughs> I want to make a character out of her someday because she's just so, so perfect. And so random. She's like so random. But like, that's the type of person who like, like legitimately is, I guess, random or she's, she, random things happen to her. I think there's a big difference between talking about random things that happen to you. Like the craziest, most random things versus making a joke. But also, yeah. Also though, like, or having an idea. But like also like when I meet a person like that, I'm like, oh, I need to know more. Yeah. Versus like there are some people that are like, ew, that's yeah. weird. And you're like, okay. Well. Okay. Well, goodbye. Yeah. Um, there's the first review on Amazon is a good review. Oh, that's good. About like the chaos was so freaking bizarre. It was definitely a lot weirder than I thought it was going to be. But that certainly isn't a bad thing. <laughs> like I said, the chaos is weird. So weird. What happens after that bubble appears is truly chaos. <laughs> like, truly. La, la, la. 
I don't even know what to say about the chaos. If you like weird semi-apocalyptic books, then definitely check it out. It's so much fun. Also, if you're looking for diverse reads that are authentic, you'll need to read this one. Scotch and her brother are half black, half Jamaican. Her best friend is gay, and she teams up with a wheelchair-bound lesbian to save the day. There's a lot of great stuff shoved into these few pages. Uh, Great review. I would maybe not use the word wheelchair-bound, but that's just me. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think it's a great phrase. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with it. And I wrote this review. (laughs) But whatever. Yeah, it's not. certainly not the terminology you want to use. No, no, no. Which is sort of well-intentioned ableist, perhaps. Which is what this this book tackles, which which is is probably what Glory is. Yeah. Yeah. And what uh, what Scotch is. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is another thing. Scotch is a great dancer. Yep. Oh, and she's worried about her dance battle the whole book. I did like that. I liked that she was like, fuck, we got to figure out the dance battle. Like, and people oh, God, are like, that would be great Scotch. for the dance battle. <laughs> Scotch, the world is over and as we know it. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, but I don't know. You never know. I also liked that she had such a secret life from her parents. That mm-hmm. really resonated with me. I loved that. Um, did you ever did you ever sneak out of the house as a kid? <laughs> no. Me neither. I was too scared. Absolutely. I also like sneak out of the house and go to what? Yeah. I know. <laughs> then I'm just on the curb and I'm like, yeah. cool. Well, here I am. <laughs> I'm not, I've not been invited anywhere that I need to sneak out to. <laughs> also, my mom was very like lenient and encouraging of my independence. And oh, that's cool. She's far cooler than me as a teenager and... Would have been fine if I'd been cooler, um, but I wasn't. So <laughs> it was wasted. <laughs> it was wasted. <laughs> it was wasted on me. And I'm sorry because somebody else needed it, but I took it all. <laughs> I hogged all of the independence <laughs> and I used it up sitting in my room. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. I mean, should have given some of it to Scotch. <laughs> I remember thinking as a kid, like, oh, if only I had like freedom to be a teenager and do what teenagers do but like it's not like i had any plans that i could go do like i was just like oh my mom is so strict oh that's the end of the book is she saying she so she's back together with tafari and he's really nice but he's got his whole life plotted out oh i loved that and she's like and i don't think i want to have my whole life plotted out so i'm not sure i can stay with him i'm gonna look up the last bit of the book yeah, I liked how that ended. Mm-hmm. So it's, I liked a lot about the book, but, you know, you don't love every book. It's fine. No, not all books are for you. And by you, I mean me. <laughs> like I tweeted not that long ago. I was like, you know what? It's official. Poetry just isn't my thing. And a f- couple of people were like, fine, more for the rest of us. And I was like, yeah, I'm not trying to say it's bad. I'm just saying it's not for me. By all means, yeah, help yourself to a second serving of poetry because yeah. I'm not using it. Like, I have you sorry. Have you read the two headed calf? That sounds familiar. It's very my short. best friend is a poet. She writes great poetry. She wrote this amazing poem about just like stealing Donald Trump and keeping him away from everything like safe. 
um, and him like struggling like a child. And it's very beautiful and I really liked it. But like on the whole, when I encounter poetry, I just go, this isn't for me. Yeah, I really love poetry. Uh, really, but here's the thing. I, I, it's very strange. I own, I really love good poetry, but I could not tell you in what makes, it, yes, yes, in specific terms. That is my problem. What makes really good. Laura Gilpin is a tremendous, tremendous, um, I poet. really love Nikki Giovanni and I keep meaning to look in Chris look into Christina Rossetti because we loved her story we read on public domain theater so yes. much. And who else have I liked? Pablo Neruda. I love Pablo Neruda. I have a book of Pablo Neruda's my, poems. Th- all my stuff is very like basic bitch poetry, like high school. Can I read you? But most can I of the time the if I come calf? across a poem, I am like, no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to read you this poem. Mm-hmm. I think it's very short. Okay. It's called The Two-Headed Calf by Laura Gilpin. Tomorrow when the farm boys find this freak of nature, they will wrap his body in newspaper and carry him to the museum. But tonight he is alive and in the north field with his mother. It is a perfect summer evening, the moon rising over the orchard, the wind in the grass. And as he stares into the sky, he sees twice as many stars as usual. That's so sad. I know. I'm sorry. I just ruined your whole day. <laughs> it's really fucking sad. You ruined my day. It's really, really, really fucking sad. But it is sad. a really, really good poem. That is beautiful. Like, yeah, when I encounter a poem, I like, I really, really like it. Yeah. I only like good poems. And that sounds so fucking dumb. But I do only like good poems. That's the problem with subjective taste is I'm like, yeah, I, I when poetry is good, I like it. You know what I <laughs> like, like? A little shit. And yeah, I mean, I liked this book a lot more than I like poetry. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah. But anyway, my point was just like, not all things are for you. And yeah. it doesn't mean they're bad. Um, but I will read the, oh, yeah, the end. end of this. Do, do, do. So Taff and I are still together and that's great. But lately I've been thinking about it. Tafari's wonderful. He's nice and normal and he treats people well and he has a car and he's hella cute. If his dad is anything to go by, he's going to stay cute for a long time. But as much as he can, he's going to do everything in his life exactly the way he's expected to. Finish high school, go to university, major in something that looks really impressive on a resume. Use that resume to score a good job. And soon after that, find a wife and start having kids with her. He's already talking about how good looking our children would be. Part of me thinks that's awesome, but part of me hungers for something different. I don't even know what it is yet, but I'm going to go find it. It'd be great if Tafari wanted to find it with me. In fact, I'll be a total wreck if he doesn't. But I've been a total wreck a couple of times already in my life, and I've learned that I can make it through to the other side. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yep. That's a it's great. great ending. Like I said, really like the characters, really like the nonsense. And mm-hmm. I really like the message. I just wasn't feeling like the book was nailing the message. I think it could have done the message harder. I just thought it was a little yeah. nebulous. Yeah. I think it, we could have had a couple more seeds planted more at the top of the book. Yeah. Just like, more insecurities yeah. about her. Like, obviously, I would... I love when people are comfortable in their identities. Yeah. But if you're telling about us telling a story about somebody who needs to become comfortable, then she can't just be like 
badass bitch the whole yeah. way through. Yeah. And that was the problem I had is she seemed really comfortable. Yeah. And she had flaws for sure. But yeah, those weren't one of them. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I liked this book. I, you know what happened or not happened? Um, <laughs> cause when you were saying that like, not, not everything can be for you. Do you know what I did? Okay. <laughs> Yes, I do. Here's what you did. <laughs> and I'm like, none of those things were what I was going to mention, but okay. And that's what you did. So thanks for listening. <laughs> um, I made the mistake of reading a, a review Ugh. of something that I've worked on. It's mm-hmm. not this. It's not Teen Crepes. Um, and it was a one star review. Mm-hmm. And the person specifically referenced me as the Ooh. reason why Ouch. they hated it and cited me as cringeworthy <gasps> and amateurish what? and embarrassing I will and purely not this funny. person and I will kill them. Yeah. And I was like, holy fuck. And I read that last night right before I went to sleep. No, and it's know. worse than Ted Bundy. <laughs> I know. I know. I like looked at it and I was like, ooh, that's the true nightmare. <laughs> And like, normally I don't give a fuck. Like I think once our reviews on, you know, most of the time, like are, we've said, they're worse than Kellyanne Conway. Yeah. They're worse than Kellyanne Conway. And to that, I like, I have like almost a nihilistic response to them. It doesn't matter to me because I'm like, okay, nothing matters. You're a fucking like narcissist Nightmare. that yeah. needs to be, that needs to go out of your way to send negative energy at somebody. Yeah. Um, But for some reason that I think it's because it was like they were like that person did this thing and it was so terrible that Ugh. I like it just was really cringeworthy and stupid and I was like embarrassed for her and blah 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 and I was like fuck because the thing was I wasn't embarrassed I remembered doing that bit mm-hmm. for the thing and I wasn't embarrassed that I did it in fact I thought it was really good and I got really good feedback on it from like showrunners and from like everything. Blah, blah, uh-huh. blah. So I was like, okay. But instantly all of that positive feedback melted away for a second. And I was yeah. like, Oh, I'm a hack. Yeah. Oh fuck. I'm a hack. I, okay. Fuck. Yeah. And that sucks. So I just, I don't know. Remember like, when I had like a full on meltdown because that person left us a review on iTunes and they said that I interrupt you too much Oh yeah, and and it wasn't even. A, it was, it was like, a three-star review. And I don't know how Kelly either. I don't know how Kelly stands it, or I don't know how Kelly puts up with it. I think and it then was I was like it. texting I you at like two or three a.m. Oh, going, Kelly, I'm so sorry if this is how messages. you feel. I went on and on. No, it was. I felt so bad. It stuck with me for yeah days. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't because I was being criticized. It it was because. I worried that I wasn't doing right by you on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. I think it's when it, it must be a thing where it's. Well, I worried it's, that that was your opinion of me. Yes. Yes. I think that's what it is because my first thought wasn't, Oh, I'm doing, I'm like, I did think, Oh, okay. I'm a hack. That right. was one of my thoughts. But one of my other thoughts was like, does everybody on the show think I'm like... That's the thing is you start like fucking thinking that other people think Yeah. That. Because if one person thinks that... And of course, right? Like, if you have haters, it just means you're famous. Yeah. But like... <laughs> like, 
fuck the haters yeah but like seriously fuck the haters yeah it's just best revenge is your paper yes 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 um it just kind of through it, it does throw you and you're like and i feel better today obviously like i woke up and i was like i'm fine i don't care but for like a good i want to say 15 30 minutes i was like Ugh. so then micah comes in the room and i was like micah i need you to be honest with me and he was like what and i was like my hack and he's like <laughs> what i'm so sure he's gonna be like you know i'm glad that you're broaching this subject because um because um, i have been cheating yes. on you because i've been cheating on you <laughs> you know i'm glad you asked me if you're a hack or not because i have been uh fucking around <laughs> <laughs> because i have been fucking our neighbor yeah so, so now's the best time <laughs> to bring that up. and you're like okay but but am i a but am i a hack we'll deal with that when we get yeah there. like cross that bridge but that's not the bridge we're at and i literally i was like micah do you, do you remember this bit that i did for this thing and he's like yeah and i was like did you think it was good or no, i said like, did you think it was bad and he was like no and i was like did you think it was good be honest and he's like yeah no i thought it was good and i was like am i a hack and he's like you're not a hack <laughs> and i was like okay okay i just really need to think about things right now i'm like <laughs> I, like i just like lay down i was just like staring. i have to go I have to go on a nature walk. <laughs> yeah, I have to go on a week long nature walk. I seriously think about my comedy. I seriously, truly, truly. Cause I, I was before that I was like playing fire emblem on my switch in bed, which shout out to my fire emblem heads. Tell me what house you are and who you're romancing and shout out to my bed and shout out to my bed for always being there when I need you. And, um, I was, so I was like playing that. And then I, uh, I don't know why I, I looked up, I was, I stumbled upon a site in which that had reviews of it. And I clicked, I was like, oh, I'll just read. And I don't know why I did that. And then I saw, and I was like, Oh, okay. I'm I have hack. been, reading well first of all you're not a hack you're incredibly talented and you're so funny thank you and i am jealous all the time and i actively want your demise (laughs) and i'm like i hope you fucking die (laughs) you stupid beautiful bitch we all will good (laughs) good because if you were immortal (laughs) on top of all of this i don't even know what i would do so i have been reading infinity train reviews mm-hmm. non-stop for a month they're overwhelmingly positive on yes, the bright side it's been great mm-hmm. um people overwhelmingly get it mm-hmm. i did burst a blood vessel in my eye possibly because of the eye strain of mm-hmm. reading all these reviews yes you're but it's been so it's because they're so wonderful and i love reading what people think mm-hmm. and how people are connecting it with it emotionally and if you haven't watched it yet um i guess you don't like me so (laughs) that's fine but all the reviews or any kind of like criticism of it and it's kind of like before it's like um yeah i like good poetry so yeah i don't like it it's not good Uh, i have the thought like well then you didn't get it yeah if you get the show, you liked the show. Mm-hmm. If you didn't like the show, you didn't get what we we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, this is what 
being well adjusted is like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Imagine if I could get a personal criticism mm -hmm. of myself mm -hmm. and have that same mentality. Mm -hmm. Like, well, if you don't like you like me, you don't get me. Yeah. Because if you got me, you would like me. You yeah. just don't get what I'm putting out there. I will try my hardest to have that be my mindset about myself. It's like, think of myself as a project yeah. that I have created and I'm putting out in the world. Yeah. At this point now, I'm like 90% of me is like kind of back to where I was before I read that, which was, you know, like I get it. Like there's no way that everyone in the world can like me. And mm -hmm. a lot of people think I'm annoying and that's fine, but I'm not like, there are people that like you and there are people that aren't and you can't really change those people's yeah. minds. Yeah. So I'm okay with it now, but I wish that in the moment, I, and I think it's maybe near impossible when you get a personal, like when it is so like that person was what, what really tipped me over the edge was yeah. that girl. Yeah. It, there are cracks and certain things can worm their weaselly little way in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I literally had the and thought- the haters. Yeah, fuck the haters. I literally had the thought of, like, I don't even know how it jumped there. It was like, oh, this this person sees that I'm bad. And so if I get on a show uh, for acting, people are going to say I'm the worst part of the show. Yeah. Like, that was yeah. literally my thought process of like, well, maybe I just shouldn't even try. Like, this is the objective truth. Yeah. Yeah. They've seen it and other people see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When like I get that literally that same bit, that same exact bit was something that my show owners were like, you should put that in your reel. That was amazing. And like I could hear Video Village laughing when I was doing it and like mm -hmm. all this like that. So it's but all of that evaporates in a yeah. second when one person, some random fucking nobody person that I don't know is like, you're the worst part of this thing. Because your insecurities are your worst fears. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. The chaos would be so bad <laughs> for us. <laughs> oh my God. What would be happening to me in the chaos? Um, well, there is in Buddhism, there is the idea of the like six realms of existence. Mm -hmm. And one of the realms is the hungry ghost realm. Mm. And it's where you're a little ghost with a big pot belly and a tiny little hole for a mouth that mm -hmm. can't fit food, but you're always hungry. That's me. I'd turn into a little hungry oh my ghost. God. <gasps> because that it's like, oh, you need validation. Yeah. Nothing is ever enough. You just need to, you just keep acquiring and acquiring. So I'm a hungry ghost. Um, you know I what? Should I have called my production company Hungry Ghost. That's cute. Hungry that Ghost. Cute. Hungry Ghost production. That's really sweet. <laughs> um, and sad. And sweet and sad. It's really sweet and sad. And that's me. <laughs> um, I think I would be like, I don't, this is more of a like, just a, maybe a nightmare. I'm trying to think of what would be like <laughs> hell to me, but also as my existence, which I think is, um, so when you go running or do any kind of exercise, you break through the wall. Right. And so usually you're very tired right before, and then you break through the wall and then you feel good and then you're not as tired. Yeah. But right before that, you're exhausted. Yeah. That's where I am all the time, right before breaking through the wall of just, I want to give up, but I think there's something ahead of me. Yeah. But it never comes. And I'm just running and running pushing. and running and keep pushing and pushing and pushing. 
and I'm never breaking through that wall, that would be me in the chaos. So anyway, we're doing great. Listen, we're doing really, really good. Um, we're doing so good. Um, life is great. Life is great. Honestly, life is great. But, um, you know, anxiety and depression don't. Yeah, I mean, necessarily follow actual reality. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Like right now, I don't feel like life is great at all. Like I can, I just feel very far away from everything that I want and frustrated and tired and angry and just so like, I don't know. I like not to, you know, be all like, but like I work harder than almost anybody I fucking know. And you are a very, very hard worker. I'm upset. And you're a hustler. Exactly. I hustle a fucking lot. And it's not that like, uh, you know, like f- coffee for breakfast, hustle 2019, yeah. whatever. Like I hustle all the fucking time. If you look at my calendar, it's upsetting. And I feel like what I have to show for it is not, it doesn't line up. You know what I mean? It's like, not comparable. Yeah. And you're just, it's or, just um, like, why the fuck even Proportional, I guess. Yes. Yeah. It's not like a proportion. It's not equal putting in equal coming out. Yeah. It doesn't reflect the work that you're putting in. Yeah. And I think it kind of gets that fucking wears on a person. Yeah. And yeah. It, and it gets to like certain points you're before like, that wall. Yeah. I'm before that fucking wall. And I, and the thing is I will never fucking give up because that's me, but it just, it's like, a very hard place to live. Yes. And I like, burnout's real guys. I am constantly burned out. And at the same time, I'm like, what do I have to show for it? And like, yes, you can look on paper and be like, Kelly, you have these things things going right. Right. But the thing, you know, it's, I I think I'm just being, you know, a little brat head and, you know, shut up, you know, that like where I feel like people could listen to that and be like, Oh, you're such a, like, you're so ungrateful for the things that you have and blah, 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 blah type of thing. That's dumb. You have yeah. a right to your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's refreshing to hear. And you, you, you know, want things for yourself and you're trying to get them and you don't feel you have them yet. That's hard. Yeah. It's just like there, it's weird, right? Because you have to be slightly delusional to do what we want to do, mm-hmm. to do what we do. Yeah. You have to be delusional. Yeah. Because if you look at the numbers, it's there aren't enough spots for everyone there aren't there aren't and so you have to believe that you are so special that you can beat the odds beat the odds and then you also have to on the other side of it have that fear that you're not going to make it and then that fear pushes you to keep trying but the delusion also pushes you to keep trying that fear does not motivate me at all really that fear makes me lazy yeah i do much better (laughs) just like happily delusional yeah like and things took a lot longer for me for that reason I just think I I was way more lax I think I'm still way more lax Mm -hmm. I'm like it'll happen Mm -hmm. and then I'm not work I'm not working hard enough for it Mm. but I just don't get motivated by fear for better or worse yeah I think I think there is a value to not like I think there's a value to both sides. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a value to like not being 
so freaked out by fear. I, like the fear thing also is from like a money standpoint where I'm like, I got to book and pay my rent, dude. Yeah. I got to like live. So because I remember what it was like when I quit my job and tried to do this and yeah. made almost no money. And that was really scary and hard and bad. And I just stayed at my nothing day job. Yeah. So it's like, well, I was alive, but yeah, I wasn't trying to move. Mm-hmm. And I think I know I, I was there. I was like in my fucking job. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm at least like you kind of get caught up in the treading water of everyday life that you don't think about the yeah. goals. And so I think because I having done that, right. Cause now, right. Would you ever go back? No, exactly. So like, you know what it was like and you know. Yeah. Yeah. After like, infinity train, there's no. Yeah. You can't go back. back. No. Yeah. And that's kind of the same how I feel about like when I was working my, you know, being a lawyer and being like, well, I'll just like consume media. Yeah. And I'll be okay with that. And like, I'll work on my stuff on the side, but never really have the urgency to God, I got to make this shit work because, oh, well, I got to go to work the next day. I got to go to this. I got to, you know, deal my with problem this. now is I'm not making, I'm not working on stuff on the side while I'm at my current job. Because none of our jobs last forever. No, they don't. It's not like other industries. Nope. El Rey wraps in October and I'm like, well, I hope there's a season two because mama's got to eat. <laughs> I Like, yeah, like that's the thing. Yeah. Where it's like you got to constantly and that kind of gets freaky when you're depressed. Yeah. It's like, oh, what is this? I'm just supposed to hustle until I fucking die. Yeah. Why even? Yeah. Why even if it means I'm just going to lose the job someday? It's like, I have time to work on my side projects and I'm still not doing it. Well, because time flies, truly. Yeah. And so you're like, well, it's fine. I'll just do it. And I'm so it. like fucking creatively fulfilled. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm yeah. so like happy that it's making me complacent. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I was numb and complacent before. And now I'm happy just like. better though. Oh, sure. <laughs> but like, it will have the same end result. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be like out of a job. Yeah. With yeah nothing on the horizon i actually did like um i have trouble prioritizing and i think it's similar doing things that are good for my career but that aren't going to pay me like for example like in the moment mm -hmm. like for example you would be saying like you know working on um outside projects like my own personal things yeah um and well, for me this was that for a long time the podcast yeah yeah outside creative project yeah it was making us no money for like a long time <laughs> two years and even now it's it's certainly not like paying the bills yeah, but yeah we're not rich off of this show but it's very nice and thank you to everybody who donates we do really appreciate we everybody that donates to, to our the end of this episode. um but uh like i forgot what i was gonna say i don't know Something. Yeah, this is a this is a side hustle. Oh, like uh yeah, the thing that I have trouble doing is like putting together my demo reels, putting like that kind of thing where it's like, okay, well this is going to help your career, but it's not going to pay me right now. So I did that this weekend. Ooh, good for you. I put I put together a new hosting reel, so I was happy about that. Um but it is just I know it sounds very very whiny and I guess I'm just in a whiny place right now. But I'm just fucking tired and I just want... It's okay to whine. Yeah. I just want a fucking break, dude. I want yeah. like, good God. Like it is tru truly, 
I, I'm going to show you my calendar just so I can like, just so you can. Oh, I know like, how it hard. Is, you, oh, it's, it's, it's beautiful, but ugly. Yeah. It's like it's a complete, beautiful because it's a rainbow, a complete of, rainbow of obligations. And that's what it is all the fucking time. What it's just, is all that stuff, Kelly? It's meetings and work and gigs and appearances and all this fucking shit and meetings and da 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 for things that like it just feels very so that right like it's like You're I look at that treadmill. and I'm like look at all this fucking shit I'm doing and how come it's like like it it's frustrating because. And I know this is bullshit and, you know, there's not five pieces of success. And if you lose one success, it means that, like, it's not that. But you do see people who have really good gigs and don't seem to appreciate them or be that good at what they do. Sure. And you're just like, oh, my fucking God, I'm over here, like, treading fucking water with sharks biting my toes and this person could not give two fucks that they have this career. And that boggles my mind. Yeah. Truly. It's, a, it's fair to be frustrated. Or when you meet people that fail upwards, that just get promoted and promoted. It's the fucking worst. And they're terrible. Yeah. You know, the song 9 to 5 is very... It's a great song. It, it, wonderful song. It's yeah. just as much, like, has just as much meaning now as it did... Oh, yeah. 30 years ago. Maybe more. Maybe more. For for most of the country. Yeah. Um, so thank you for listening to me, Bitch mm. Lindsay. I really appreciate it. I'm I just happy to have, listen oh, to you, Oh, just so ugh, yucky, yucky, yucky. I understand. Very bad. Um, I would be fucked if Infinity Train didn't magically fall into my lap. Well, here's the thing. The opportunity presented itself and you rose to the occasion and shone. That's what it was. Thank you. It wasn't that it fell into your lap. They still had to the look at your opportunity fell into my lap. Opportunity is one I, thing. I won the lottery of it being the right show for me at the right time. Yeah. But I don't think, I don't know where the fuck I would be if it weren't for that. Because I was not working hard enough by far. I don't know. I think though you've put in time and effort and like I remember you like a lot of times being like oh I was up all night like revising this thing and like you know I remember you like I don't know me whenever I talk about this the person I'm talking about it to and they were like yeah but like you were doing like improv and sketch for like fighting you're doing this and that and I was like I guess it didn't feel like I was working as hard as other people though but it's because I'm surrounded by workhorses like you who are just like workaholic, like making it happen for themselves. Um, and I'm a lazy piece of shit. I don't know. It's, I think it's just, well, it's I think just like the way I'm wired. While you're feeling down because it isn't happening for you, I'm feeling down about me not making it happen for myself. Like I need to be working on stuff and I'm not. Well, you will. That's what I keep thinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it never happens. I think you will. I don't know. Go I'm always uh, like, well, when I have to, I will. Yeah. When I you have to, you will. deadlines, man. When you have to, you will. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Just lock yourself up in a hotel. Mm-hmm. The shining it. Yeah. Well, I think that you're going to get there, Kelly. Mm-hmm. I have all the faith. I fucking hope so. In the world. I fucking hope so, because uh, if I don't, 
Uh, I just don't see what a waste. What a waste of time. Another possibility. I mean, deep down, I think that's true. I think, I, I think, I believe that on some level, right? It's, there is another possibility because why else? Why else would I be fucking trying so hard? It, it's fair to be frustrated with time. That's what it is. It's frustration with time. Yeah. So try not to beat yourself up about being frustrated in the first place. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. And, and it is, I mean, I'm, I'm for sure I'm in some kind of low grade depression because right. It's like so many thoughts of like, Oh, yeah. I'm so upset about this, but like, why are you being such a whiny little piece of shit thing? And it's like, you're like, That's hating just yourself another, things. yeah. Oh, uh, layers. You're just helping that douchebag who made that mean comment. Ugh, yuck help him. Fuck that. I hate that. that. You know what? Out. I went and looked at the other things that they rated all one stars. No, I liked a couple things. Mm. I think they liked, um, that Trolls movie? <laughs> okay. You know what? Not everything's for me. <laughs> Your face did not change. And you went, okay. <laughs> okay. You know what? Uh, yeah. Everyone's got their thing. Yeah, everyone's got their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, do we have a question that we want to post? Yes, people? we do. Um, we are considering reviving on the Patreon, mm -hmm. on the Patreon, reviving public domain theater. Yes. And having uh, uh, public domain theater episodes take the place of the weekly minisodes. So it'd be a full length extra episode, just like public domain theater used to be of us doing the cold read of a story that's in the public domain. Mm hmm. And um, it would be weekly. Um, we are going to put a poll and pin it to the top of our Twitter page. So please tell us if it would inspire you to support us on Patreon, basically. Yeah. Is or this if, something you would want to see? Is this yeah. something that would interest you? Yeah. Or like, yeah, if you're a current person on patreon and you're like eh, i don't really want that then let us know i prefer my mini so yeah like let, let us, us know. know what your preference is we don't want to fiddle with the patreon unless the people who currently give support it yeah and unless you know other people would be into it yeah yeah so we could also maybe find a way to post a poll on patreon too yeah we're just so we'll just we're post always, as many polls as we can yeah we want to find ways to make sure that our Patreon is value. The value, yeah, is yeah. giving the value that people want for the money that they're donating. Yeah, and we want to make good stuff. So yeah, let us know. And we want to make money. So if yeah, you just public, heard about our woes. Yeah, honestly, like I feel fine saying that. I feel fine saying that. Do you I know how many hours we put to this fucking show? Yeah, so many hours yeah. we read. A book a week. Yeah. Anyway, so but we do love it, yeah, and so we, we would really appreciate it, it if if we got more patrons, 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 <laughs> got more patrons on Patreon. Yeah. Um, so let us know if that's something that would um be of value to you enough to want to subscribe. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. Um, and if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash teen creeps. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we are at Teen Creeps Pod on everything. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to support us with your um, praise, <laughs> you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Um, and again, thank you to everybody who got us over a thousand 
listens. We hope that you have been enjoying the Castile episodes. Yeah. And we're going to keep building. And we're also like percolating ideas for another milestone. We're going to try and think on that. Sure. Eventually. I mean, it's not going to be anytime soon because we are burned out from the Castile thing. <laughs> but, you know, once some time has passed, I think we're thinking of some fun ideas for that. Yeah. Um, but if you're reading along with us, you are not required to, but you may. Night World, number four, Dark Angel Hell by L.J. Yeah. Smith. We've been consuming a lot of stuff called Dark Angel lately. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> different Dark Angel, very different Dark Angel. Yeah. Probably 100% less incest. Yeah. <laughs> well... Remember L.J. Smith had that romance, sort of? Yeah, but we just wanted that to oh, be the I wanted case. her to we be wanted it. Cousin. Oh, Zach. Oh, cousin Zach. Zach. Um, thank you guys so much for listening, and thank you for um, being a cool community. You guys are really awesome. And yeah, um, thank you for listening. Inspiring. We really appreciate you. And we will catch your ears well, tomorrow, I guess, because of the Castile movie. Oh, yeah. And then again next week when we read Dark Angel. Yay. All right. Love you guys. Keep love it you. creepy. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Engineered and mastered by Alex Sarche. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. <laughs>